That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I can't feel my face. I mean, I can touch it, but I can't feel it inside. I'm going hit, so it's time to go home. No goodbyes, just sneak to the Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. This jam is called Going Late. Be sure to check out Humans Music. It's one of my favorites. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. Always good to be back on the microphone this week, so thank you for joining us today. If you're new to the show, welcome. It's a good spot uh, to have a connection to some good stories, some good guests sometimes, and uh, some good content. It's not only helping you guys out there, because I I get the messages, I get the emails, the social media uh, messages and requests and comments, and I appreciate the heck out of it, but man, this platform really helps to keep me in line and keep me sober too. So I just want to thank you guys for that, and thank you for being a part of my own recovery uh, and this walk in this crazy-ass life some days. Now, today's message is titled, Three Stupid, Disgusting, and Ridiculous Things I Did When I Was Drunk. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, I wanted to lighten things up a little bit this week, uh, share some of my not-so-proud moments of stupidity, disgustingness, and ridiculousness uh, with you guys. Uh, They're funny, I guess, to me. Some of of them are funny. Some of them are ridiculous. Some of them are stupid. Some of them are disgusting. Uh, There's plenty more than these, but I picked out a couple of them. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably have some of your own stories of stupidity, disgustingness, and ridiculousness. And they may not be, uh, or they may be not as bad, or they may be worse. Uh, Either way, the point is, we've all been pieces of shit at one time or another in our lives. Come on. And uh, none of us are perfect. And if that's you out there, it's an honor to be in the club with you as a former piece of shit. And if you're sober today, it's an honor to be in the sober as a gopher club, as E-40 would say. So we're going to dive into all that today. But before we do that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at realthatsoberguy and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. I want to tell you about Foundations Recovery Network. Finding the right treatment for addiction and mental health illness can be tough. There's a lot of options out there. Who do you trust? Who do you go to? Uh, We've continued to partner with Foundations Recovery Network since 2016. They stay true to their mission. They have very high ethical standards, and they have treatment in a nationwide network of residential and outpatient facilities across the United States. Uh, They have the industry's leading research and outcomes program. Uh, and they care about their patients, they care about their patients' loved ones. If you want some help, you have some questions, uh, go to foundationshelp.com slash sober guy. You can also call 833-81-SOBER. That's 833-81-SOBER. You can talk with an admissions coordinator. You can get some treatment options that help fit for your situation or your loved one's situation. And, uh, and they can give you a hand there. One more time, foundationshelp.com slash sober guy or call 833 833- 
8-1-SOBER. All right, did you know we have a digital course? It's called How to Navigate the First 90 Days of Sobriety. And let me tell you really quick what it is. I kept getting so many questions about what do I do in my first 30 days, my first 60 days, my first 90 days? How did you do it? How did this guest get through this? You know, how did your, like all these different questions that really revolved around early recovery, early sobriety. What do I do when I get home from treatment? So here's what I did. I got together a few of my homies that are in recovery. I got together some professionals, some doctors, some colleagues of mine that work in the treatment industry. And we talked about it. We shared our own experiences with our first 90 days for those of us who are in recovery. What worked for us? What didn't work for us? Uh, the doctors, the people that come in from a professional standpoint, shared what they've seen work, what hasn't worked, what they offer, what kind of different programs, what things that they've seen in recovery, and especially in early recovery, particularly particularly the first 90 days. So here's what I did. I recorded it all, made a course out of it. It's 25 bucks with the promo code half off. Go to thatsoberguy.com, click on courses, and you can get it there. And real quick, I always like to say it's not a magic formula. It's going to save your ass. You don't just watch this one, you know, 11, uh, 11 program, was it, 11 segments, I think, plus a bunch of additional podcast content. It's not a magic course. You need to do it. It's designed to be worked within some sort of community recovery program, whatever that is to you. So check it out one more time. Promo code's half off. Go to thatsoberguy.com. Click on courses. You can get it there. So what are we talking about today? Let me get back on track here. Three stupid, disgusting, and ridiculous things I did when I was drunk. And uh, did I want to necessarily talk? I mean, I kind of debated back and forth when I was kind of writing some of this stuff out. And I thought, for one, I had been kind of jumping on some more serious topics, really diving into God lately, growing my relationship, you know, in, in my, my spiritual walk and that. And I'm really enjoying that and, and, and writing about it and reading and just kind of growing closer to that spiritual side. And I love that. But at the same time, man, it can get real serious sometimes. And I notice it in the podcast. And I know a lot of people enjoy it. I enjoy doing it. And I thought, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's do something a little bit, a little bit different this week. And I thought, man, I've, I've got some real stupid, disgusting and ridiculous things I did back in the day. And I, I don't talk about them often because I don't want to glorify them. I don't, I'm not proud of them at all. But here's the thing. I think that when we acknowledge these things sometimes and we can kind of poke fun at them a little bit and, and we can openly talk about them even if they're a little bit embarrassing. Number one, it gets them out. It creates some good content at that. And uh, it helps us acknowledge them and recognize them for what they are. And it helps me understand that I'm not that person anymore. I'm not, that was a time in my life um, that I did these things or was this type of person. I'm not anymore. And it helps me to accept that and move on from that when I talk about them or acknowledge them or even give them a little bit of thought. So I thought, what the heck, let's, uh, let's talk about them a little bit today. And I want you to think back for a minute about one of your own stupid, disgusting, or ridiculous things you did when you were drunk or on drugs. What's that thing that you're not really proud of? Maybe there's a couple of them. Maybe, maybe a couple of those things, or maybe that one thing in particular, that's something that maybe you're working through some step work on it right now, or maybe there's something that's been bothering you for a long time that you did, or you didn't do, or you said, or something that you really need to let go. You need to ask for forgiveness on, you need to forgive yourself for like, how does that make you feel when you think about that? Where are you at with that? Do you wish you could take it back? 
Um, here's some honest truth for you. You can't, so stop beating yourself up over it. You can't go back in time, but you can't do anything about it. Here's what you can do. You can acknowledge it. You can accept it and you can ask for forgiveness and you can make amends and then you can move the hell on straight up. That's what you can do about it. Acknowledge it, accept it, ask for forgiveness, whether it's for yourself or to someone else, make amends and you can move on from it. That's what we can do with these things. So I want you to today in this episode, if there's something that you're feeling particularly ashamed of, guilty of, I want you to think about it a little bit. And then I want you to forgive yourself today for it. I want you to start that process, whatever that looks like. Obviously, this isn't something that if it's something more of the serious ladder, whatever the correct verbiage is in there, hey, that might be something, maybe it's a legal issue. Maybe it's something that you're dealing with today that you know, you're still going through. I'm not saying to forget it. I'm not saying that it's all going to be healed up in one moment today. But what I am asking is for you and me together, us together, collectively, we start to start that process of acceptance, forgiveness, moving on from those things, understanding that we can't change the past, but we can change today. We can change the future. We can change how we move forward with our lives. So getting into that, let's start Let's start a couple of these uh, stories. And, and the first one, the first thing that I thought of is what do weed gas? And a 2005 Dodge Neon have in common. What do weed gas and a 2005 Dodge Neon have in common? One of the many effects of smoking marijuana. <laughs> is a loss of memory or for me, uh, active stupidity done a lot of stupid things, forgot a lot of things. Um, some may even say that marijuana is not even a drug. And, uh, you know, I've pondered that around. I mean, you can ask, uh, this tall skinny guy named Bob that I met in a meeting, what he thinks about it. Marijuana is not a drug. I used to suck dick for coke. I've seen him. <laughs> He's seen him. That's according to him. I, I mean, myself, I would forget a lot of things when I used to smoke weed. I forgot my keys, forgot my money, never sucked a dick. Thank God. Thank God for that. That's just not what I'm into. You're, you're into that. Hey, to each his own. Not what I'm into though, but I forgot a lot of things. Forgot time when I was supposed to be somewhere, what I was supposed to do that day. It's easy to forget stuff when you're stoned out of your mind 24 seven off some good Northern California grown marijuana, son. It's good out here. But how do you forget the gas pump? It was mid afternoon. We were smoking like usual. Marijuana can cause anxiety and paranoia. It can. Yes, it can. We were smoking, doing it up. Facial, who's going facial? We used to say we are in the old 05 Dodge Neon. I think we used to call that uh, the Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. You're a Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. That's what it was, the Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. We were token it up, Jess and I. We were living the life. We were carefree, no kids. Every day was a big damn party. I'm so wasted. We did party a lot. We worked, man. We I, I went to school for a little bit here and there. Got got a mortgage, license, real estate license at one point. Was trying to do loans. Was trying to wait tables. Jess was going to beauty school. We were both waiting tables, actually. I think I was delivering pizzas at the time. And we were doing the thing. Not sure where we were going. 
but I know I was higher than a bong-ripping astronaut when we were on our way out of town this one in particular day. So we get to the gas station. It was a quick stop here in Vacaville. I'm going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay, right? I f- what? Believe? Imagine this. Imagine that. Imagine this. Believe it or not, I forget my money. So I got to go back out to the car. Classic, right? Oh, man, I forgot my wallet, bro. Oh, I guess I got to go back to the car. I guess that's the voice I'm giving, the stone Shane voice that I'm giving myself. So I go back into the car, of course, got to get some snacks, right? I need some Red Bulls, some candy, some beef jerky, all kinds of good stuff. And I come out, get it in the car, and I, I put the gas pump in, and I start pumping the gas. And uh, I'm talking to Jess, and we're checking, yeah, the snacks, man, yeah. Just loaded, right? Living it up. I'm talking to Jess, cracked the Red Bull, we're eating some snacks, and you know, 40 bucks goes by and, and the car fills up, right? So we're still talking and I hop back in the car and I drive away with the gas pump still in the tank. <laughs> I'm thinking back about this now because it's like something that you never think that you would do, but you do. Like who drives away with the gas pump the gas handle still inserted inside the gas tank. I drove off with it and ripped it out of the gas machine, whatever it's called. Ripped it out. And then what did I do? I, I didn't I didn't freak out. I didn't I started busting up laughing. It was just hilarious. That's it. I don't care. I don't care that I just ripped the, the gas thing out of there. Like, I'm not worried about, damn, am I going to have to pay for this? Is whatever. I'm just laughing. It's hilarious to me that I'm such an idiot. I get out. I, I threw the, the pump out. I, like, I pulled it out of the gas tank. I threw it on the ground, laughing hysterically at how much of a moron I've been. And I drove off. I drove off. That was it. Jess was like, what? Are you kidding me? Did that just happen? Yeah. Yeah, baby. It just happened. <laughs> I don't have a problem with people who smoke weed, by the way. Like, I, I really, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. Do, do your thing, you know? Um, however, for me, I came to the realization that I couldn't smoke pot because I wanted to smoke pot every day, all day. I don't get high, I stay high. And for me, it makes me stupid. It doesn't make me very smart. I'm just in this cloudy haze, like, all day because I just want to do it all day. So, I don't know... Who's done this before? I'm sure there's other people that have definitely done it. Were they stoned? Were they not stoned? Can you do this not stoned? Absolutely. Who can, You can forget something. I'm not blaming it on the marijuana. I do think it was funny that I was high as a kite at the time. But make sure, especially if you're a stoner, you put the gas pump back into the gas tank before you drive away. What's the moral of the story? If you're late all the time, if you're forgetful, if you can't remember what day it is anymore, if you spend your lunch money on the marijuana or you drive away with the gas pump still in your gas tank, it might be an issue. Might be an issue. Let's talk about our new sponsor real quick and then we'll get to this next one, which is titled, you going to swallow that? <laughs> no, no pun to the sample earlier, by the way, of Bob from the recovery meeting. I'm sure you know who that is if you've seen any of those old school baked movies half baked 
We got a new sponsor I'm very excited to tell you about. And if you if you heard that right, you just heard that I cracked the top on that. Let's take a quick sip. Ah, mm. <laughs> Made a little Instagram video the other day, popping a clean cause. And that's what it is, clean cause. What is clean cause? I'll tell you one thing. It's pretty damn good. I'm drinking a peach one right now. And clean cause is an organic sparkling yerba mate energy drink. It's rich in minerals, amino acids, and has naturally occurring caffeine. How much caffeine is in this? 160 milligrams. I drank these earlier in the week before my workouts in the mornings. was hitting CrossFit, and I think I drank two of them one morning. Not at the same time, not back to back, but I had one when I first woke up. Wasn't feeling like coffee, drank a clean cause. And then on my way to the gym a little bit later, drank another one. And I'll tell you what, I was, man, I was like ready. I was ready to tackle some CrossFit workout. There's only 30 calories per serving. There's four flavors. I mentioned the peach, which I'm drinking right now. You got raspberry, you got lemon lime, you got blackberry. They taste great. And you get a crash-free energy boost. Um, it's organic. It's fair trade. Here's my favorite part. Other than they're good, they do the job for some caffeine and they're, they taste good. Best part for me, 50% off of all clean cause drink profit support recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. So to date, they've granted over $400,000 in sober living scholarships. And that number continues to rise every day. Uh, so it's for a great cause. You get a great product, a great energy drink, all natural. You can get 20% off your first order by going to www.cleancause.com. Enter the promo code SOBERGUY. That's cleancause.com. Enter the promo code SOBERGUY. You can get 20% off your first order. They do a monthly shipment if you'd like. So you can get a monthly case shipped out to you once a month. Get your energy drinks. Help support recovery at the same time. It's a win-win both ways. Thanks to Clean Cause for supporting that sober guy and partnering with us and allowing us the opportunity to spread the good word of good energy drink and good word of recovery. All right. The second story I have today, I titled it, Are You Gonna Swallow That? Where's my nasty-minded shit-talking dudes out there? I know what you're thinking. Nope, that's not what we're talking about. So get that nasty sex stuff off of your minds. But have you ever had a drink of vodka or tequila or beer, whatever it is, you had to, you drink so much and you start to get that gag reflex by some point, or maybe you just drank too fast. Maybe you beer bonged a couple of them. And I would just want to say for just for the record, I'm not glorifying any of this stuff. Once again, I know I said it before, but I feel like I need to say it again because I feel like there's people out there going, it's just assholes on here glorifying all of his drug and drinking day. That's not what I'm doing. Okay. I'm accepting the fact that I'm sharing that some of these stories are kind of funny. And I know there are people out there who actually like hearing them. So if you don't, just turn it off. Don't be a dick. Okay. But have you ever had that? Beer bongs, whatever it is, you drink just so much, you start to get that gag reflex, right? I'm sure you remember. You've probably been there. But if you're like me, you just keep going anyways. You just keep going, whatever. I'll just deal with it later. I guess I'll... So here's how this worked out for me. Drinking on my way to work. <laughs> great, that's a great way to start a sentence. So I was drinking on my way to work. <laughs> I wanted to stop in all seriousness, but I couldn't, man. This is a big part of my story, actually, towards the tail end, the last six months, the last year. I wanted to stop, but I literally couldn't. Like 
the drinking got a hold of my balls like no other and had a straight death grip on him. A straight death grip. And I would would wake up every morning swearing up and down that I was not going to drink that day. And by noon, I'd be on my way to work, uh, stopping off at the liquor store with a McDonald's cup, uh, a straw, a Red Bull, and a pint of vodka. And I would mix them all together and hop back on the freeway on my way to work, smoking cigarettes and drinking for the roughly 30, 35 minute drive into the old ball and chain workplace that I told myself I hated every day. That literally was my life uh, for the last year, about the last year of that. And oh, I just burped right there. I, I burp a lot on here, I notice. I hope, uh, I, well, I don't really care. I don't really care if you mind or not. I was going to say, I hope you don't mind. Like, what, what would that accomplish? Even if you did mind, what would it what would it matter if I said, I hope you don't mind because I did it anyways and I continue to do it anyways. So I'm not going to apologize for it. Don't apologize. It's a sign of weakness. See, that's what goes on up in this crazy brain. <laughs> Woo, a little bit kooky right now. Maybe it's the uh, kooky. Did you just say kooky, Raymer? Who just said kooky? I can't believe I just said kooky. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for saying kooky. Any, anyways. So I'm on my way into work, man, I get easily sidetracked. It's got to be the, I don't really believe in ADD, but there's definitely something out there that makes our minds when we're in recovery, when we're, we're all a little bit weird and they just go off on these weird paths sometimes. So let me take a breath because you feel me out there. If you're in recovery, mind goes crazy, keeps us up at night. Sometimes I want to tell it to shut the front door sometimes, but we just don't. I do actually. I, I got to tell it to shut up. I say shut up. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Then I ask God, God, please save me. Help me, God. Help me, God. But I'm driving to work every day. I'm doing this every day. This is my routine every day. And every day, like I said, I'm waking up saying I'm not going to do this anymore. God, help me. I don't want to do this anymore. And by noon, same thing. Red Bull, vodka, straw, down it on the way to work, smoking cigarettes like a chain smoker. I wanted to stop, but I couldn't. So on this particular day, I'm driving to work, doing the same thing I'm doing. And, and mind you, nobody knows about this. So it's not even so much the issue at hand. Well, I take that back. It's definitely the issue at hand. I'm drinking and driving. I'm drunk. I'm drinking at work or I'm drunk at work. Very serious issue. Here's a part of the other issue, and maybe you guys out there can relate to, to me on this too, is that I'm doing all this and nobody knows. It's this big secret, right? My wife doesn't know. Nobody at work knows. My friends don't know. I mean, my friends know I party and drink and, and, and do some, some drugs and stuff, but they don't know the extent. So I pull in to work and, and I wanted to finish my drink, right? I want to finish the drink. But I got a few minutes till I got to start my shift. I pull into the parking lot. I park. The gag reflex starts to show up, right? When I was talking about a few minutes ago, we've all had it at some, you start getting it, right? But I want to finish my drink. So I say, screw it. I'm just going to keep drinking. That's why I got the straw, you know, so I can drink. And, and a lot of the time, I'm usually finished by the time I get to work. See, I had it timed out perfect to where, I knew exactly the amount of vodka to mix 
with the exact amount of Red Bull in the exact size McDonald's cup with a lid and a straw to where I could suck the whole thing down and have the perfect amount of buzzedness, if that's even a word, the perfect amount of perking. I'm perking, swerving, rolling up, up into the curb, and I'm feeling great right as I go into work. I had it down to a science. On this particular day, though, I keep saying particular, but it was a very particular day because this event happened. I wasn't finished by the time I got in there. And the gag reflex was starting. So you're saying, where are you going with this? We're okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Just hold on one, one, one second. We're almost there. I want to finish it anyway because I want to get that perfect that perfect buzz that I know to be, the science that I've invested so many hours of drinking and driving on the way so I can have that perfect buzz as I walk into work to perform my work duties, perking out of my mind. So what do I do? I keep going. I keep, and my mind's telling me stop. I'm starting to get the gag reflex, but I keep just trying to kill this thing until I throw up in my mouth. Yes, threw up in my mouth. I'm not talking about a verp. Y'all know what a verp is, right? Half vomit, half burp. It wasn't a burp. I literally threw up in my mouth. And for some strange reason, way, I, I didn't spew it all over the place. I sat there and for about two seconds, I remember asking myself, should should I just swallow this? Should I just swallow it? It was like, at, like it was very brief, like so fast. And as fast as I could ask that in my mind, should I swallow this? I started thinking how I didn't want to waste it either because I was about to go into this job that I so much hated and I had made this whole thing up in my mind about how much I hated it and I shouldn't be here and I shouldn't do this and I should, screw it, I'm just going to get drunk anyways. All in that, I didn't want to waste it and, and, and lose out on that perfect buzz that I had created. So I swallowed it. I swallowed the mouthful of throw up, which consisted of warm Red Bull and vodka and whatever else I had eaten that morning. It was disgusting. You may have just thrown up in your own mouth. Don't blame you. So you're saying, what's the point of this? Well, the point was I was sick. Very at this moment. I, I didn't want to do this, remember. I continued to do this every day. The insanity of of being ad addicted, of being stuck in that cycle of alcoholism and wanting to numb out was gross. And here's the takeaway. If you're a swallower, you're gross. <laughs> Just kidding. What's the moral of the story? I had a serious issue that, that like that's, that's not normal. That kind of stuff is not normal. What I did, right? That was pretty disgusting. Of course, there's probably people out there who have, like, you hear of disgust. There's much more disgusting stuff. But to me, that was a pivotal moment. So it's not even so much about the story trying to create it. Like, yeah, you threw it, you, you swallowed your puke. Okay. But it's it's more of the it's more of the insanity of that in that moment, in the fact that like it was a pivotal moment in my own realization that I had a problem because it's kind of obvious when I look back on it now. Right. But in the time I didn't really know that I wasn't sure if I, I was lying to myself so much. I wasn't positive. I had a problem, even though I was doing this every day, that was the craziness of it. And in that moment, in that realization of it not being normal, 
I started to realize that this problem I was facing was a lot bigger than me. And it helped me recognize that I had been lying to myself. I had been minimizing. I had been masking all my problems that I didn't want to deal with financially, relationship issues, past issues, spiritual issues, lost issues, not knowing who I am as a man, as a person, as a human being. I was masking it all with alcohol. The, the fact I didn't like my job. It was a good job. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, a starting point to where I'm at today. Thank God for that. I'm so grateful for that. So grateful for that job now. Like, man, and it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I just made it bad. It was me. I was an ass. Like straight up. You know, but in that moment of it took me swallowing a mouthful of my own vomit to, to start to come to the realization that like, hey, this might be an issue. You think? You think so, Raymer? You think you might have a problem? Like, come on. The last point I want to make, the last short st uh, story, I titled this one, how many of you have pitched a tent before? I'm sure all you have, right? Many of you. Some of you hate camping probably. I love backpacking, camping. I've pitched many a tents in my time. Many of you have probably done the same thing with your families growing up or maybe now you still go camping, you go backpacking, you pitch a tent in your backyard to hang out with your kids under the star, whatever the heck it is. But you've pitched a tent before, right? So you've pitched a tent before. How many of you have ever been drunk at 3 a.m. in your garage, put a headlamp on and pitched a tent so you could comb through it for old crumbs of cocaine that might have been left behind? Yeah. I, I doubt many of you, if any of you. So I'm not saying I'm cooler than you or more of a tweaker than you or stupider than you or more ridiculous than you. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying it's kind of odd and it's a, one part of my story. Here's how it starts the bachelor party, right? How many people go camping for their bachelor party? Who does that? Like I did that. I said, I want to go camping. The only reason I wanted to go camping so I could drink and do cocaine straight up. It set it on the flyer. My boy made a flyer up for our for the bachelor party, and on it, <laughs> some it said, you know, party Shane's bachelor party, this that. I wish I had a copy of it somewhere just so I could see how ridiculous it was. But and, and and in there, somewhere in parentheses, it said and do cocaine. <laughs> and I laugh about it now, but how ridiculous, how stupid, like was I at the time? I just did not care. And uh, yeah, we did. A lot, a lot of cocaine. I can't feel my face. I mean, yeah. I can touch it, but I can't feel it inside. Yeah, that's pretty much how, how I felt all weekend during that. But I had the bright idea, you know, about a year later. So I'm, I'm drunk one night, right? I'm sitting in my garage at 3 a.m. This is after uh, one of the nights of... Um, the, the second situation I described throwing up in my mouth. So that was the first part of a phase of my normal day. After that long day at work, I was working nights at the time, a swing shift, I would come home. And then this would be the second part of a, of any normal Tuesday or Wednesday night. I would get drunk, uh, at, you know, I'd stay up till three, four in the morning and, uh, I'd sit out in the garage and I'd, I'd sometimes I'd, I'd talk on the phone or I'd, I'd listen to podcasts or radio. I think it was more radio at the time. I don't even think I was into podcasts yet. I think that that had came shortly afterwards, or it was somewhat of a podcast, like a, a radio, whatever, beside the point I'm rambling, but 3am after a long day, 
you know, a long day of drinking, <laughs> long day of drinking and driving and trying to function and work and don't get high, stay high. I was out of cocaine though. I probably had gotten some on my way home at some point or had some picked it up on the way. And so I had the bright idea. I'm going to climb up into the rafters at 3 a.m. And I'm going to get the tent down because I remembered how much cocaine we did inside the tent on my bachelor party. And I said, you know what? I'm going to pitch it in my garage, in the garage. I'll pitch it. Pitch the tent in there. Put a, a light in there and I'm going to scour through it all. There's got to be some cocaine crumbs left in there. Oh, yeah, buddy. So that's what I did. That's what I did. I'm sure you're all wondering, did you find any? I did. <laughs> At least I think what I found was cocaine. I'm not quite sure. I'm sure I did it. But who does that? That is, when I look back now, another great example of just the insanity that's not normal. That's not okay, that behavior. And I justified it. I'm not proud of it. I'm not bragging about it. I'm I'm not talking about it because I think it's cool. I'm actually quite embarrassed of it. But at the same time, it's a part of it's a small it's a, it's a small part. It's a small part of what I was going through back in the day. And the point of it is, too, is that we've all done stuff like that. Okay, I take that back. <laughs> You're probably, Shane, I've never pitched a tent in my garage and scoured it with a headlamp at 3 a.m. drunk off my ass for crumbs of cocaine because I was out. So let me tell you the real moral of the story. Always buy more cocaine uh, than what you think you're going to need. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't buy any cocaine. Don't, don't do that. Cocaine's bad. Don't miss that shit at all. But for real, sometimes we do things that are outright ridiculous, embarrassing, stupid. We're ashamed of them. We feel guilty about them. We don't want to admit them. You know, I didn't tell that story for a long time, for years after, because I was pretty ashamed of it. It was ridiculous. I thought, like, that just, that's not me. You know, I didn't think that was me in my heart, at least. It was me because I did it, but it wasn't in my heart. And, and trust me, like I keep saying, there's way worse things out there that people do and have done, you know, so I'm not trying to compare and, and sound cool or anything, but this is one of those instances where I really can look back and I can see the sheer like obsession I had with, with drugs in the moment when I was in the moment. I couldn't stop. I wanted more, more, more. It's like the Billy Idol song. Right? It's hard for me to recognize that part of me then because that's not me. I know my heart wasn't in that, like I said. And it's a hard part to admit to. And a lot of us have these things that we don't want to admit to. We don't want to talk about. We feel shameful about them. They're ridiculous. They're disgusting. They're stupid. But these are part of our story for a lot of us. And the more we open up about them, the more we talk about them, the more we get them out, not in a bragging you know, we're not here to, to share war stories all the time. We're not, I'm not saying go into a meeting or to a group and start telling all your deepest, stupid, disgusting, or ridiculous stories. That's not what I'm saying at all. Okay. What I'm saying is, is when we do the work, when we actively start working through why we're addicted, why we love alcohol as a tool to deal with life, whether it's in therapy, whether it's in 12-step, whether it's in church, whether it's in a group setting, whatever it is that we do, these are the, the things that we ha have to at some point actively acknowledge 
and uh, and and get off of our chest and accept that we've done some some stupid things, some disgusting things, some ridiculous things, and we gotta accept them. And if we need to ask for forgiveness, we ask for forgiveness and we move on. You know, we move on from that. It's important that I forgive. You know, it's important that I don't forget, but that I always remember these things. And I remember how bad it was. I remember how just ridiculous it was. I laugh at it a little bit sometimes. When I think about it now, I can laugh at some of these things and go, God, what a moron. But I got to let it go. I don't fester on them. I don't focus on what I can't fix. I focus on what I can fix and what I can do today. I can move forward. You know, we've all done some things we're not proud of. You're not alone in it. You're not special. You know, you're not the only person who's done some moronic things out there and made bad choices. None of us are perfect, man. None of us are perfect. We all wish we could take some of those things back. We can't. And when we get sober, we have an opportunity to forgive ourselves for some of those stupid, disgusting, and ridiculous things we've done. We have, a, we have an opportunity to ask others that we've offended or others we've hurt to forgive us. And that's where the real healing comes in. That's where the work comes in. Just show up. Put in work. It takes time. You know, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. We found, I've heard this so many times, we, we, you know, it took 20 years for some of us to, uh, to, to ruin our lives, you know, from, from all bad decisions. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be fixed overnight. And it's not easy. Okay. I don't want to make it sound like it's easy too, you know, but it's worth it. I can tell you that, you know, one of the things I've, I've done a lot is make lists of things. So, I mean, I, I would encourage you guys make a list of some of the stupid, ridiculous things that you've done before. If those, if those are stuff that's in the back of your mind that still bothers you, make a list of those things, get them off of your chest, get them on paper, start to recognize them, start to learn how to accept those things for what they are. Even if you're ashamed of them, you can work through them in groups, step groups, therapy, whatever, you know, and then I want to encourage you to do this though, too. Make a list of all the good things you've done. Make a list of all the good things that you do. That's what's hard for me. I, I can sit and focus on all the negative stuff that I've done in my life and that the mistakes I've made, I can tell you 10 of them right off the top of my head. It's a lot harder for me to tell you three good things that I did. You know, and that, that's, that's where it's at. That's where the, that's hard for me to do. And I, I, I have a feeling that there's someone out there right now listening who can relate to that, who just says, yeah, that's really hard for me too, to recognize my wins. Well, for me, I recognize my wins through God. I recognize who I am today by seeing myself through God's love. If that makes sense, God loves me for who I am today. The man that I am today, I am somebody through him. If that makes sense, I don't identify as the old Shane Raymer anymore. I don't. That skin is gone. I've shed that skin. Do I forget it? No, I don't. Cause it's important. I remember how bad it was, but I've let it go acceptance. And I, and I still continue. I want to be very clear here. I still continue to work on that because it's not, I'm not healed. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not, um, you know, I still have stuff that I continually work through, but I'm not that old shame that I used to be. And thank God for that. Like I said, it's not easy, but we just show up. We put in work. 
and let God handle the rest. Thank you guys. I hope something spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. I would love that. If you took the podcast, wherever it is you're at, wherever it is your, your community is, share this with them. Help spread the word. Uh, check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Connect with us on Instagram, at realthatsoberguy, at Shane Raymer on Twitter. Man, I love you guys. Thank you for helping to keep me sober and, and providing a platform that I can share and uh, interview great people, have some fun, show that it's possible to live a, a fruitful life in recovery and have fun while doing it. Thanks again. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.